0: Welcome to another fantastic episode of Coffee with Source. My guest today is Katie Ziskind, and she's a holistic marriage and relationship coach. Welcome to Coffee with Source.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so excited
0: to be here. It sounds so wholesome. Yeah, it really is. Like, I love it's- it. It's so, it's something. <laughs> Like, I feel like there should be a booth at Whole Foods and I'm not being sarcastic it's like you know like the resistance to go to therapy or to see someone or to talk about our feelings in a relationship but I feel like if you could be like hey Joe let's go to Whole Foods and then you're so <laughs> adorable and you would be there and it'd be like oh it's holistic <laughs> yeah it's true I yeah. mean, it kind of it's make less it more normalized Yeah. That's intimidating. So what I want to know is, first of all, who you are, uh, from the beginning, like what I always say, you didn't wake up one morning and you were like, Oh, I'm going to be a holistic, you know, relationship coach and marriage coach. So what is your story? What has shaped you to, to help you, you know, get on the path that you are on now?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a really great question. I think that it's been partly being, um, like focused in my master's program. So like after college, I went straight on. I did not take any breaks. So I think that didn't helped me out. All.
0: Didn't collect you. Yeah. It. Just,
1: like, yeah right. <laughs> right. just like, well, I move on. Um, keep going <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> around that monopoly board. Um, but in my first job, I didn't really have such a good fit. I was like very motivated and very passionate about helping clients. But I started to realize that I didn't blend well with the brands, with their mission, with their company culture. So you studied and well, I, was, I think I missed that part. So I was just in my bubble. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't even think I mentioned it, but I <laughs> studied. So in college, I did psychology. And then for my master's, I did marital and family therapy. Okay. So you're in the zone. <laughs>
0: yeah. And you get a job.
1: Yeah. And I'm like, what is, is this? Like I was the just- thing? Yeah. Yeah, I was like doing what you know, you're you should do as a grad and work full time. And I was like, this is like not working out for me. I was like, should I change career paths? Like I had a lot of questions for myself. It is. And I remember talking to the front desk woman that worked at our business. And I was like, I literally don't like this job. And she was like, don't worry, I don't like it either. And I was like, Oh, Oh, no, this is my life. Yeah, because the intention
0: she, behind it when you studied it was the outcome, not the bureaucracy, right? Right. What I hear and, and what we experience.
1: Yeah. So I quit my job and started my private practice. Just like and that. Just like that. I mean, it was not as easy as I'm telling you. It's definitely more challenging and journaling and so yeah. many you know, clarifying questions for yourself. But yeah, I quit and was like, I'm starting my LLC and I'm going to do this. Mm.
0: But how did you know that was the right move?
1: So as a like client of like therapy myself, like I saw a lot of therapists in private practice and I was like, Hey, this life, this lifestyle, this, the way you live, the way you are, the way you work just is so beautiful. I want to be like that. And so I was like, I can do the private sector. You just have to like figure out the how to get your clients marketing, you know? And so, um, we also like, don't take any insurance. So it's literally like all, you know, private pay in that sense. So it's the same as any business. So I just had to get in the business mindset.
0: And is that something that you had naturally or you had to learn that? No, <laughs> <laughs> that's what we want to know. Really. We're all listening going, okay, she's inspiring, but let's get down to the nitty gritty. What was so, the, what was the most challenging aspect?
1: Yeah, I would say part of it was getting my partner on board. And then part of it was learning some uh, important structural systems. Yeah. So part one was just like sharing with my partner that's in a very different field. Like, hey, I'm going to quit my job. Like, are you okay floating us for a couple months? Like. Yeah. And we had to work through some hard conversations and he was like what if you never get a client I'm like don't worry I'm gonna get one but I know this is scary for both like, of us I'll go
0: work at Starbucks but let me give it, give it a try <laughs> right
1: and I taught I taught lots of yoga classes <laughs> um but it's true yeah to have a good strong home front. right oh go ahead
0: I said so the the conviction lives within us and so that's the problem that's what becomes problematic in relationships is that we evolve as individuals, even though we have common goals. And so when we like ambush our partners with, oh my God, this feels so good, this is what I'm gonna do. And we don't give them the time they need to process, then we're expecting them to be 100% on board and so happy for us, but they're still processing it. There's a lot of, you know, like your partner, like what if you never get a client? What if this is, what about the rest? And often as women, We feel like we're not being supported, but we've had time to process it. You know, we've gone through
1: all the What do you mean you don't see the big picture? (laughs) You know, it's true. So yeah, that was a piece of it, but he's been so supportive. Like, so that's great. Um, but so for your listeners, I would say one great financial system is called Profit First by Mike McAllowitz. It is very easy and pretty much any business owner can use it, whether you do photography or um, oh, therapy or, yes, Profit First that's by amazing. Mike Michalowicz. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, so that's the financial system I use. It's so easy and it's so helpful.
0: So did you know from the time you were little that you wanted to go into psychology and therapy or is that something you just chose once you were in high school or college? How did What does that look like?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a really good question too. Um, I think I got into psychology watching like some stuff happen with my sister in her teenage years. And so she had some challenges with like substance abuse and, um, thankfully I didn't have those challenges. And so watching her and like, kind of, I learned about like the sibling bond and took a lot of classes on like family systems and to kind of learn about her and like her mental health. Cause I loved her, like love her so much. And you know, so that I think started to spark like, okay, how do people grow up in the same family and think differently? Or like, how can two people turn out differently? Or, you know, just kind of these deep questions.
0: Yeah. And so you followed, where does your connection with, you know, the universe, source, spirituality, how does this all tie in to you on your path? At what, what point in your life did you have this you mentioned yoga, but I want to know when did you start? You know, getting curious about what else is out there.
1: Yeah, that's a a, uh, a deep one. Yeah, so I was my first got into yoga. I was 15 years old, oh. and yeah, so I'm people. 30 now. <laughs> yeah, so it's been 15 years of yoga, half of my life, I guess. <laughs> um, but I never really thought about it like that. But yeah, I've so I've been teaching yoga for about 10 years. Um. Yeah. So when I was 18, I took my first yoga teacher training and the first one was with children, kids yoga. And then the second one was a 200 hour training. And then the third one's the 300 hour yoga therapy training. So I I love the spiritual side so much.
0: And how has that helped you on your journey? I mean, I guess what I'm trying to ask is, you know, people listen to the podcast and they We're here to debunk spirituality and sort of help people understand what it feels like to be in alignment. So as you're learning to study this, you're teaching yoga, you get your job, your first job right out of school. It doesn't feel right. And we use words like it doesn't feel right. I know something's off. I'm not loving it. I quit. I call that not in alignment. Maybe you didn't have that vocabulary then. But when you took the leap and started your own practice, what is the difference in feelings in your body and in your soul of being in alignment versus not being? Even though starting your business is terrifying
1: AF. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: it's a beautiful way you phrase it of being not in alignment because I think about even elements of that intuition, right? Like when you develop a strong intuition, there's nothing that can really shake your mindset. Like, you know what you want, you know how you value yourself, you know, if something's going to kind of create a ripple in your energy field. And, you know, yeah, the first time was, you know, at that job and I was like, something's not right. I'm coming home from work. I'm clashing with everyone. I'm feeling like an outcast. Like I'm clear, literally being like, like ostracized from this environment. Like something's not right. So also my ideas were not being seen, like in grad school, like it's an environment of learning and embracing that vibrancy of knowledge. And like, you're a participant and you're seen and valued. And like, you go into this work environment, you're like, okay, I have no voice. And I was like, that is not an environment where I feel valued. So I started to really value myself more and um, I was unlicensed at the time so I had to get my stuff together and study for my big board exam. So I did that. I like I got a fire under my belt, but the spiritual side, I think that is so important even as a business owner now. Like that's how I hire. I sense people's energy. I mean, I have a hiring process, but and when people are not doing well, I'm sensing it. I'm like every meeting that we have, I'm reading their body language. I'm like I can tell when people are not in alignment with themselves and I guess partly like how I
0: when you're conscious of it, because, you know, when I was hiring, when I had my bakeries, I could feel it. Like you said, like your intuition. But I would always give you know, there's a fine line between giving people the benefit of the doubt Mm -hmm. and saying like, oh, they're young, they're inexperienced when it's clearly not your job to educate people like, you know, like they're not making eye contact or they're showing. you know what I mean? Like they're late for the interview and I was always the person going like, oh, well, you know, there's making excuses for them, even though my gut was so off and it always ended up badly. But with me living through the heartbreak of that. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that listening to your intuition as an entrepreneur is key if you can tap into that.
1: Yeah, I think it is true, too, for sure, Of like like what you're saying of kind of. There's that side to be compassionate, mm-hmm. you know, for sure. But yeah, tapping what into that feel, intuition. I
0: love what you said. I love it. The, the ripple in your energetic field. Like someone walks in the room and you're just like, oh, and I can see the ripple. I love how you said that. And you're just like, oh, something feels off. Like I don't feel great around this person or when this person's in the room. That's a telltale sign that hmm, the energy is not
1: blending. Yeah, it's true. And it's yeah, sometimes a hard decision. It.
0: Oh, go ahead. Do, do you experience that with clients? So let's fast forward. You took the leap. You followed your heart, your alignment. Now you've got this practice. And obviously you've had your first client because you're hiring people. <laughs> so we'll fast forward to that part. You're super successful. Would you ever have clients that you feel the energetic ripple where you're like, oh, this is going to be a Karen. I don't
1: really want to work with this person. Um, or do you work? Yeah, they're there are some times when, you know, because there, there are clients going through very intense emotions, right? So you have clients who are handing you their anger or handing you their betrayal or handing you like the problem, like my partner had an affair. Okay. That's heavy. Right. So like, sometimes there are a lot of intense emotions around that. And what I've learned is like doing less supports the client more. Like I can be a place, for them to reflect like I don't have to fix their life I trust them I give them that knowledge that kind of poise in the session like you're the expert on your life I'm here I'm happy to assist you in this yeah, journey in safe space yeah
0: yeah, I yeah think I've, been, a thing. I've been to couples therapy and you know well I won't get into my story but I had a pa- partner who was unfaithful for years and I stayed and we would go to therapy and I felt so Misunderstood by this therapist who was a woman
1: Mm -hmm. because I
0: felt like she was feeding him the words that he needed as a get out of jail free card and not Mm -hmm. letting him express the why. So we were never getting to the root cause Mm -hmm. because it was kind of always giving the words, and that always stayed with me. Had she had a different approach where she would have been like, This is a safe space, (laughs) I'm gonna let you guys duke it out you know, in a, in a loving, compassionate way, but you guys, this is where you come and it's kind of like your arena. Yeah. Like, get all this shit out there. I love how Brene Brown says that, right? Like yeah. he's down in the arena. We didn't have that. And we would leave therapy where I was so confused. I was like, this guy just got a bag full of fancy words to describe, you know, the crap he's been laying on me. And so this approach is fantastic. And it's asking questions, right? That maybe they're not willing to ask themselves.
1: Yeah, I think you bring up a really, you know, sad, but also very important point is that a lot of couples therapists may, or couples coaches may not have the right approach and may also do some damage, right? Picking a side or siding with one person or, you know, like you said, maybe using really fancy language that leaves people feeling confused and, you know, I'm sorry that was your experience. and you know, but it is hard.
0: In retrospect, right for was listening, yeah, we went to see, you know, and this was 12, 13 years ago, but we went to see an old school psychologist, mm. you know, like the traditional, I want to say hoity-toity, the more, <laughs> the less avant-garde where it was kind of like, you know, you sat there and, you know, what you see in the movie is not the full yeah. trend now. And we didn't know any better because it was our first time. And like you said, you know, it was,
1: it is, it's hard, you know, it, it is, but I really don't know much. what to expect.
0: So you trust them fully 100%. And if anyone could have told me, Hey, you can shop around, yes. you know, but part of being an empath is kind of like, nice to meet you. Let's have a session or a consultation. And then I can't say no. Right. Yeah. There's that guilty. Like now you already know all the bullshit. I don't want to repeat this. This is already
1: embarrassing enough. So you're kind of like stuck with it. You know, there's no
0: there's no return
1: policy. Um, Yeah, I would totally. um, You know, going off on that point, definitely shop around. I would say it's like try on a pair of shoes. You got to try on like five pairs, forty five pair of shoes. You know.
0: And it's okay, and I say that to my clients too. Like, I could be saying exactly. What the next coach is saying, we can have the exact same message and it's not going to resonate with you the way I say it, but it'll resonate the way she's saying it. And that's okay. Cause this is about you and your healing journey. It's not about me,
1: but sometimes it's just the energy, right? It's so true. Finding that good match and someone that's going to jive with everyone in the relationship, you know, someone where everyone can feel like, okay, I can confide to this person and I can trust this person. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we want to know what is the difference in your words between a marriage and relationship, therapist and counselor and a holistic relationship and marriage, mm. therapist, counselor. What are, what
1: are the main differences? It's a really, like, I'm so glad you asked that. I'm like, so happy that <laughs> you asked because I think that's a really important thing for listeners. Yeah, um, because to know the a lot difference. of people think it's trendy.
0: Right. And that's why I want to develop it. Because everyone's using wellness and holistic and all of these words. And a lot of people listening are probably like, oh, what is this? But I'm sure there are fundamental differences approach.
1: There are. So the first thing is that myself, um, as a holistic marriage and family therapist, I combine my yoga trainings with my master's degree in marriage and family therapy. So I have two sets of trainings. So like I am saying that because listeners who might, you know, you might ask your coach, what are your trainings? You you know, Hey, like, you know, what makes you interested in holistic coaching? And they'll be happy to tell you, you know? And so, yeah. And you can have a conversation on like their teachers and where they learn this info. Um, but I use a lot of complementary alternative medicine. So those are often abbreviated, abbreviated as CAM, C-A-M. So like Um, yoga, meditation, mindfulness, body scan, painting, like acrylic paints, watercolors. I take my clients for walks outside and even on video, we often will do like outdoor settings. Um, We do a lot of like couples work within these positive experiences. So I use like drama therapy and improv and these fun ways for like couples to actually build a positive experience. Because so often when fighting couples like are going through a lot, whether it's loss or anger, frustration or trauma, like they're often having obsessive thoughts or worries or trouble sleeping and they're at each other all the time. And so we have to literally create a positive interaction for them to feed off of while also managing criticism or defensiveness or some of these negative communication patterns. And then also help them have a safe space to kind of, like you said, kind of get into it sometimes. And then I'll pause them and help them reword what they're saying. So they're more effective in what they're saying and calmer and, you know, and I'll get playful with them. But there are a lot of these creative therapies. So like literally to build a positive experience rate session for them. And it might even be instructing, you know, if a couple's, On video, it might mean asking them to hold hands. If a couple's in person, it might mean teaching them how to offer each person a foot rub or, you know, could be something simple like holding hands too.
0: How does that differ? Thank you for that wonderful explanation. That makes so much sense. And it sounds so cool. It's kind of like, I need to get a partner and we need to get in a fight so we can come see you because I want to (laughs) experience this kind of therapy. I'm like, let's just pretend because she's going to make us paint. um but i love that approach how does it differ and how, what have you created versus what you experienced in your first job
1: yeah i mean in my first job i worked in substance abuse um both outpatient which is like weekly therapy for the clients and then also at the rehab which is like 90 days to 6 months treatment and they live there when i worked at the rehab i started Um, Part of my job was to drive this like giant van of like 16 men around like AA meetings and stuff. And I also would bring them to animal therapy, like farms as well. And that was kind of the beginning of me kind of pushing some of these boundaries of what traditional therapy could be. And I started to see like this ability for clients to step into the spiritual world more quickly Mm -hmm. and kind of like getting back to what you said about that connected consciousness and like realizing, Hey, we've all felt pain. We've all felt these intense emotions, but it's really hard when you're feeling them, you know? So animals yeah. have been so incredibly helpful too, but I think I went on off on a tangent there. <laughs> that's no, but that's, what that's, that's, yeah, that's, what I want. that's
0: the main difference, I guess, is, you know, that's that you incorporate it in every aspect of your practice and not just in certain aspects.
1: I encourage, like, I think clients to start to think about themselves in those ways of, you know, just coming to therapy and talking about your problems can be helpful, right? But I want to bring that next level and go that extra mile, like emailing yeah. resources, making a YouTube video for my clients with tips or yeah. you know um mm-hmm. kind of your encouraging them maybe
0: yeah, <laughs> you know, it's true. It's like here, listen to these nuggets of wisdom from different people yeah, or your podcast, yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's true um so where are you now with the pandemic and everything that's going on? Do you feel like relationships are, and marriages are more open to the idea of therapy, especially since the beginning of this pandemic, or have you seen less people walk through your doors or do you have a lineup out of the,
1: like, (laughs) what does it look like? That's a great question. Yeah, we have um, a good amount of clients Things have not changed too much since the pandemic, but I have seen the issues people coming in for have changed. Like I've seen more um, infidelity, more affairs, more people reaching out about that. They're not supposed to leave the house. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? Like, I know, right? Together, what are you doing? Social distancing. (laughs) These things are happening, yeah. (laughs) Right. Like, but um, regardless of the social distance element it's definitely very challenging for marriage so we often see that like post children we see couples have kind of this positive entrance um have kids maybe even multiple children and then usually there's some type of challenge or disconnection or lack of touch or lack of you know interest in building meaning together that creates um the affair and we look at affairs I mean now we're going into like a little bit of education but the affair always begins before the physical affair so it usually begins like at least a year to three years before that opportunity presents itself so it's really important to educate couples on that pattern and I know this is like close to home for you as well and you know maybe a lot of our listeners have been through this and so to know like the affair causes PTSD in the partner that's cheated on so like that's part of the process too that we do a lot of education on is like your spouse now has PTSD so we're going to be looking at this as like a war veteran like you know like there's a lot of education on we can't just like sweep this to the side we have to deal with this we have to talk about it we have to open up this conversation and, and like you said kind of building that safe space for people yeah. to have the conversations they might be avoiding or be, know that it's the safe you
0: always always how deeply affected the partner is and how that will stay with them for the rest of their lives if they don't deal with it.
1: Yeah. And I think, like you said, going to that spiritual world can provide that hope and healing and you know intuition to notice red flags and also you know share needs and wants in a loving way and
0: channel your inner way Dyer so your meditation doesn't look like die motherfucker die and <laughs> <laughs> it's more like sending you love and light hope you're happy and we both deserve to be happy <laughs> you know <laughs> That's that whole spiritual work.
1: (laughs) I know it's true. Yeah, sending all those people that trigger you, loving kindness.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love. We all
1: have them too. And last night I was,
0: I was, you know, repeating it to myself where he says, "Choose kindness over being right." And I was like, "Choose kindness over being right. Choose kindness (laughs) over being right. Choose kindness (laughs) over being right. Choose
1: (laughs) kindness over being right." I love it. Yeah, we need those mantras.
0: Yeah, I would love to have you back on. Oh, I think yeah. there would be, uh, and I think our listeners will agree, but there are so many, you know, subjects that we can dive into now that we know you and who you are, and I love your approach. Um, and maybe talk, you know, some more about what the signs are of infidelity and how to deal with it and how to choose the right therapist. And also, I, I really am curious about the PTSD of how you can heal, you know, and how to make that decision of whether to stay in that relationship, what that looks like, what you need to do to protect yourself. So, if that's yeah. cool with you, we'll invite you back on.
1: Yeah, that'd be so fun. I love talking about PTSD. So, and like <laughs> the, we can talk about coping tools. So. We're just geeking out. I'm like
0: trauma PTSD. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm so grateful for your time today, and please. Tell our listeners where they can find you, reach you if they're curious about this modality.
1: Yeah, you know, we help anxious children, depressed teens and distant couples thrive virtually and in person. So if you're looking to get started with a phone consultation, you can book that on our website at wisdomwithinct.com. That's wisdomwithinct.com. And I'll put
0: all of that in the show notes so you can get a hold of Miss Katie and find out more about what she does. And we're so grateful that you are here to help us kick off the new year.
1: And I am so grateful to be on this podcast. And I'm going to like go back and listen to some past episodes I haven't gotten to finish yet. And like, I literally love your vibe, your energy. I think what you're offering to the the world and our 2022 culture is so needed and we need someone to teach us and inspire us on kind of this spiritual connection realm
0: yeah and I think it's all about alignment and I think that's what this panoramic I don't I'm so tired of calling it the pandemic but the panoramic <laughs> is that yeah. when it feels off because we're forced to be with ourselves mm-hmm. and for so long I was swimming against the current mm-hmm you know, and so many people come to us, I'm sure you as well. And it's like, I'm exhausted. I'm tired. There has to be more to life than this. I'm doing all the things. Where's the happiness? Like it's a goal and destination. And it's like, no, you can experience moments of joy and happiness every day. But sometimes we have to let go and surrender the need to control the outcome of so many things and just get in flow. Like Just turn your back to the current for a little bit. And if we can Help people do that a little bit more every day with this show than we're doing we're doing a, a lot for humanity.
1: I love that I love that and right. kind of just like it almost reminds me when you turn your, like turning your back to the current you're like going with the flow you're like hey, this the flow. is the you're like is. in the lazy river
0: you're just <laughs> yeah. like margarita and that just <laughs> me, you just quit your job and you stop doing things it means that you live in a place that is less reactive. Yeah. more from an observer and you get to process your emotions as opposed to just I'll deal with that later because I'm so hell bent on
1: you know right. being right and it is right. Things. it's true I mean you're so right like kind of that ability to live from an even place and a balanced centered place and be perceptive and yeah I, I love what you're saying thank it's you such a gift to yourself you. and to others
0: We're just going to love ourselves on another show. (laughs) Just you and be going, you're so great. You're so great. Um, (laughs) To all of our listeners, Katie's information will be in the show notes. And of course we will have her back. So
1: goodbye for now.